Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to an instant reaction edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined by Gabby Urrutia following Miami's 44-13 loss to Alabama to open the 2021 season. Um, I'll just jump into it here, Gabby. Um, I'm, I'm reminded a lot like the start of this game and, and kind of it wasn't exact, right? But just the first quarter in particular, man, I was getting a lot of Clemson deja vu from last year, from 2020. You know, that was the last time Miami faced a number one team in the country. And the way the game started, I just felt like I was watching the same game again. You know, Miami came out um, on offense, a lot of three and outs a lot of running the ball into a talented defensive front. That's not going to work. I, when, when you're the lesser talented team, in my opinion, in college football, you got to throw the ball around to open up the run game. You can't use the run game to open up the pass when you are the lesser talented team. So I was disappointed to see that. It's the same way that, that things kind of played out against Clemson. So I had deja vu with that. There was a targeting penalty in the first quarter. Deja vu with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama had more than 10 minutes time of possession on offense in the first quarter. Deja vu with that. You know, <laughs> as we know, like Miami's offense, uh, one way to frustrate it is to not let them have the ball, right? To, to yeah. possess the ball so that they can't get their tempo and rhythm going on offense. And Alabama executed that beautifully um then you know just in general down by double digits in the first quarter wind out of miami sales deja vu with that so you know the theme following the clemson game for me was i'm not mad i'm just disappointed yeah right because we kind of knew like a win for miami was a long shot thing but you wanted to see Miami compete. And that's how I felt last year against Clemson, right? I wanted to see Miami compete at least for a half. And they couldn't compete for even a quarter, even five minutes. So I don't know. Maybe that's negative. That's just how I'm feeling. What's your take on this Clemson deja vu uh, theme I'm rolling with here? No, I mean, I think it's on point, right? Like, I mean, we talked about it. Like, they needed to start fast. They absolutely did not do that. Uh, I feel like the, you know, also like Clemson receivers had a hard time getting off the line of scrimmage. Clemson yeah. deja vu with that. Blocking. You know, like, I feel like it was just, uh, I feel like it was, I mean, it wasn't an exact replica, I guess. Right. And, uh, but in a lot of ways, it felt just the basic theme of just being completely overmatched by the number one ranked team in the country. Right. I feel like held strong there. Um, I thought it was just absolute brutality in the line of scrimmage. It's just yeah. in terms of just like how Miami stacked up and 
Yeah, man, it got it, you got a lot, a ton of Clemson vibes. I think that defense might have been probably a little bit more talented, in my opinion. I thought they were just really, really, really good. Alabama's or Clemson? Yeah, oh, both. I mean, both. But I mean, I thought Alabama's defense yeah. was was something else. I agree. And uh, yeah, man, I just thought that was it was very Miami versus the number one team in the country over the last twelve months. Like, just really, just sort of fits right in there. I'm really not play calling guy. In general, I'm not yeah. the guy who, who likes to second-guess play calling all the time, right? Um, because I think it does kind of boil down a lot to execution. Mm-hmm. But again, Miami was the lesser talented team. We knew Clemson – or Clemson – Alabama's front seven was probably the best in the country, right, on paper. Yeah. So were you surprised that Miami started a lot of drives – in the first quarter, basically run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, and was just constantly playing behind the chains to start the game because of that. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was especially surprised. I mean, I feel like on that first drive, um, I mean, you found, I think Charleston Rambo, like you found him on like a short little, like you found him on the sideline. I thought that was a nice little chunk play. Uh, who else? You found Will Mallory. I feel like you got the ball in his hands early on. Uh, that was a nice little chunk play. And then, you know, you're in a third and seven situation. I feel like you're pretty successful. Like, at least, you know, thinking it somewhere, maybe you'll get five, six yards here, there, and you run it right up the middle. I mean, I, I think, again, I'm not sitting, I'm not like here, I'm an offensive play caller, but I don't know, man. I, I'm skeptical about how you go out there in your first drive and your first third and seven, you know, you're calling a run up the middle against what's probably one of the best front sevens, if not the best front seven in college football. Like, I have my, I have my doubts about that. So, yeah, yeah um, I thought it was extremely conservative, which was just I, I thought it was like beyond disappointing. Like I yeah. I thought it was just like, how, how do you just not leave it? Like to me, it's just like, why not? Like, what do you right. really like? Like, why not just go out there and leave it all out there? You know, like, why not? Correct. Give, I mean, talk about your quarterback, the leadership. I thought they were going to be like, like more wide open this year. Yeah. You know? And we didn't. I mean, again, it's Alabama. And look, there's reasons to be. There's reasons to not want to constantly have your quarterback dropping back and throwing against that yeah. pass rush. And we saw that, you know, as the game progressed, right. The, the pass pro broke down plenty. Um, Derek King, you know, didn't have much time to operate on plenty of throwing downs, but yeah. um, I do, I do wish the, I do wish it was a little more open and I wish it was a little more aggressive at the start. Um Let's go to the flip side, though, because I do think, look, we got it. We got to at least acknowledge like Miami didn't just lose to some slappy team, right? Yeah. They lost to a very good Alabama team. I think there was questions uh, to be answered about how good is Bryce Young? Well, Bryce Young's pretty special. I don't know. I don't know how it looked on TV, but in person here at the game. I mean, I think it's fair to say he's already he's he's definitely a top ten quarterback in the country already. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top five, top three quarterback by the end of this season. The way the way he played with poise when there was pressure in his face, he was constantly evading pressure. He made throws. He completed passes with pressure in his face. Um, you know, his deep shots were on point. I think, I mean, Bryce Young is going to be a star. He's the next star Alabama quarterback. Yeah. They, they got a factory going on. Was he, and Manny Diaz admitted after the game, uh, he, w- he was surprised that 
they put the, the ball in Bryce Young's hands as much as they did. He thought Alabama was going to come out and just try and run the ball a bunch. Um, that wasn't, that wasn't what happened as Bryce Young, you know, threw for 344 yards and four touchdowns. Was he better than you expected? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he was. Um, I mean, I thought, I mean, considering, you know, the fact of what that offensive line looks like, I thought Miami did an okay job at times getting that pressure on him and just forcing him sort of out of the pocket. It almost felt like, at least for on TV, it almost felt like he was more comfortable in those situations where he yeah. kind of had to like escape a little bit and make a throw, Agreed. which is just like an elite characteristic, yeah. right? Like, you know, that's what are you going to do? Yeah. Know? It's like, it's like you're, you're almost like playing into him by right. forcing him to like roll out one direction or, you know, do certain things. And like, it's like, you almost like it was NFL like, level poise. It, it was, really was. It was very, very impressive to watch. It, it yeah. like, I feel like you just tip your cap at that point. And I mean, that's a special talent. I mean, he might finish his, his college career with a Heisman trophy you know, at some point. So, I mean, I think it's just the start of what's going to ultimately going to be just a very, very special college career. Let's, let's force a silver lining here. Then uh, on the flip side of that run defense, maybe a little better. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say like, it was a phenomenal performance, but it was okay. I, I do think, I don't know if you feel this way, but I do think the tackling was a little suspect in the first quarter. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the run defense was better, but again, yeah. Alabama kind of just flipped the script on them and started throwing the ball over the field. So I don't know if I necessarily feel like it's, it's a problem that's fixed yet. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like I was just worried because I mean, obviously there's a bunch of really talented backs. I will say, I'm not sure Alabama has that Najee Harris, um, yeah. Josh Jacobs type of back this year. I'm not sure if it's going to, if they're going to have that dude. I don't think Brian Robinson is that dude. I don't think Trey Sanders is that dude. I don't think Jace McClellan is that dude, but I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was better, you know, at times. I mean, again, I felt like they knew right. that that's that I feel like they, they were preparing for that. So I feel like you could tell, but yeah, I thought, I thought tackling overall uh, could have been a lot better than it was. Yeah. Overall Miami allowed 3.9 yards per carry 147 yards total and one touchdown on the ground. So again, I, you know, I think it was, it's better than what we saw last year, but I'm not quite willing to say it's solved. Right. Um, Let's go to um, some things I want to touch on. DJ Scave got benched. Yeah. I did he get benched? I couldn't tell if it was immediately after he allowed that sack on Derek King. I feel like it was okay. Like, I, I remember there was just a point where it was just like justice all the way. And huge right. transfer portal pickup turns out, <laughs> turns out that was a pretty important. Uh, yeah. I'm like, surprised they went with him instead of Jared Williams. There, but I feel like there has to be something there. What's going I, on with Jared Williams? Yeah. I, I feel like that's, I feel like that's kind of got to be a question now, right? Like where's Jared Williams and why is he like not on the field? But yeah, I mean, UNLV transfer, welcome to major college football. Here's a, Will Anderson at times. Here's someone else. You know, it's just. Let's talk about guys who flashed a little bit. Okay. Uh, Cam Kitchens. I thought he, you know. Yeah. He was thrown into the fire when Bubba Bolden um, got the targeting penalty. Um, Cam Kitchens was the next man up. And I thought, you know, overall for a true freshman that was thrown into the deep end. Yeah. I think he held up pretty well. Um, 
what's your take on on how Cam Kitchens played? Yeah, I mean, you lose probably arguably your top defender, Bubba Bolden. I mean, did you notice like a significant like difference? No. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there was no point where I was just like, oh yeah, well, Cam Kitchens is out there, so of course, like, I don't know, right. man. I, th- I thought that I think that's a good thing, you know. I mean, right. I, I don't think they necessarily like attacked him either, uh, which again might be a good thing. I mean, I thought he played hard. You know, he came he came in on that. I guess he forced the fumble, right? Like he was in on that on that right. play that they rule ended up ruling the Alabama. I don't know. I thought that was a right. very, very strange sequence, but you know, I thought he played as well as a true freshman put in that situation is going to play. So yeah, you know, good for he him. finished the game with seven tackles, which was go. tied for third most on the defense. Um, so yeah, he, he played well. I thought, I thought, you know, chance Williams flashed a little bit. Mm-hmm. He, he obviously had the strip sack. Yeah. The strip sack. Yeah. Only sack of the day. That's something I want to touch on here too. For sure. A little, little concerned about the D-line pass rush. Again, I understand it's the context of you're going against Alabama's O-line. I don't know. I don't think they really can je- – from what I saw, that front four couldn't get pressure on their own. It took creative blitzes mm-hmm. from the linebackers, strikers, and safeties to kind of generate any type of pressure. You agree with that? Yeah. I mean, again – I'm I'm interested to see how different that looks against right. App State. Right. I think there's I'm I'm not I'm not gonna like write them off yet. I'm I might give them the benefit of the doubt because I feel like there was a lot of like you know hand. I feel like there was chances where if you're not facing like potential like NFL offensive linemen that you know I think that they'd be able to do a little bit more. But um, yeah, overall it was uh, it was just like devastating to watch. Just like Alabama snapped the ball and it's just like no push from right. like. Miami's defensive lineman. I thought, you know, James Williams got in there a little bit yeah. late in the third and the fourth quarter. I thought he flashed a little bit. Did, mm-hmm. did he, did he show up to you on TV at all? Yeah, no, he, 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 he came up a few times on TV and uh, I think he's one of those guys you kind of just throw in there and, you know, maybe in practice, he's not going to show you everything you pr- might want to see, but I feel like you kind of throw him into the fire. And again, like, you know, Cameron kitchens, like, you know, I feel like he's a guy that's going to go in there and play ball. Uh, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see James Williams become more part of the rotation, especially like in situations like that, where it's just like, you know, Bubba Bolden's out and you need to s- sort of start giving different looks. Like I think James Williams is a guy that you can kind of just toss in there and just sort of feel comfortable about how his just pure instincts are going to kind of come out on the field. So I thought I was pretty, I was pretty encouraged to see them give him some, uh, some good run. I thought he played a decent amount of snaps. I don't, I don't know if that those figures have come out yet, but. I think he played a pretty decent amount. Last guy that flashed to me, Xavier Restrepo, had the mm-hmm. only touchdown on offense. Um, 29-yarder. He made a play, you know. Look, mm-hmm. I don't – like, you know, Xavier is what he is. He's not the biggest receiver. He's not the fastest receiver. But the ball comes to him, and he, he seems to find a way to come down with it. So, I think he's going to play a lot more coming off this. Let's, let's transition to Derek King, right? How do we judge his performance – I know for me, like coming into this game, right? To me, one of the keys was who else on offense is going to step up and help Derek King as a playmaker, right? Yeah. Last, again, referencing last year against Clemson, it was Derek King against Clemson. He had to make all the plays by himself. I feel like he was kind of in that same situation again against Alabama. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. He was, he was 23 of 30 for 179. So, you know, no explosive plays, one touchdown, two interceptions. 
Um, but again, like I just felt like it was De'Ari King kind of out there playing by himself. Unfortunately, Charleston Rambo, seven catches for 34 yards. That ain't going to get it done. No, it's not. And I just feel like with Derek, I mean, I feel like, you know, with these, with these big games, it just feels like, like, I guess it is. It's what you're saying sort of, it's just like, it feels like it's him against everybody. And I don't know. I feel like he has these games where he just looks so explosive and just like almost like unguardable, you know, just like a problem. Like no matter what he does, it just works. And then I feel like you have these games and it just seems, again, it seems to come in these important situations against, you know, top ranked teams, but against, you know, Virginia down the road, he's going to look, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's, I, I, I feel like I'm at the point where I'm sort of like, not, not like questioning him, but just like concerned about like, what is his ceiling in these big time matchups? Like, can he be the elite athlete that we see at times against, you know, like these, like, you know, these major power five programs, like, you know, these power programs, I, I, I don't know. It feels like he's just not able to do enough. And again, it might not be him. It might be a combination of a lot of things, but it just feels like something needs to be different in, in these big time matchups. There's probably going to be a couple more of them down the road. And uh, you know, you want to see him sort of play up. But again, if you're not getting help from your receivers, you're not getting off the line of scrimmage and you have, you know, guys like Will Anderson com- coming off the edge, I guess it's tough too, but yeah, just me thinking out loud. I just thought it was a, you know, I, I wasn't overly impressed. Obviously I don't think anybody was. Run game was stinky. Um, don't know what to make of that. I mean, I guess I guess you chalk it up to you're facing Alabama, but still, you would like to see someone step up there, but nobody did. Um, let's 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 get out on this, right? Mm-hmm. Where do we stand? Like, did this game change how you feel about Miami's chances to win ten games? Honestly, no. And I'll say that because like, again, I feel like I I didn't feel like it was like a horrible like effort overall. I do think they were just like overly. I just think they're outmatched. It looks really bad. You know, you're on national TV, all that stuff. But I mean, I feel like you convert a couple third downs. I feel like you're in a different spot. I feel like you stop a couple third downs. You're in a different spot. Like my uh, Alabama's opening drive. They had you had them third and seven could have potentially had a three and out you know, they escape it. I feel like you put them in a couple third down situations. They were just way better on third down, way more efficient. Like Miami just wasn't, I feel like that's a difference. And again, maybe you're, if you're playing a team not named Alabama, that right. that probably swings maybe more towards your way. So, I mean, I think this is a good measuring stick, but I'm not ready to just like wave the white flag and be like, okay, this is a seven win team in the ACC. Who's going to be middle of the pack. Like I still think overall, this team's talented enough to hit that 10 win mark. And, uh, you know, hopefully, I do too. yeah, I mean, look at North Carolina, right? They dropped yeah. game one. They were supposed to be the next hardest team on Miami's schedule. Yeah. Um, I agree. It, I mean, it wasn't a conference loss. So that's a big deal too. I think we learned right. That Miami's just not anywhere close to Alabama's no. level, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think we know yet if this is a 10 win team. And I still think this can be a 10 win regular season team. Um, I think we'll know more about that with the way they, they hopefully bounce back against app state. Um, I guess some, some housekeeping to touch on too before the game, Jalen Knighton running back. I think, you know, the rumor was out there for, you know, a while now that he was suspended for this Alabama game. He's also, he's suspended for three more games. So he will be out until 
I guess, ACC play when they take on Virginia at the end of September. Um, and I think that's all I got. Sorry, these, these instant reactions, I'm a little scatterbrained after watching the Canes uh, play. But hopefully you enjoy this. If the audio is a little weird, I, my apologies. I, I'm recording this in the hotel room in Atlanta, Georgia. And yeah, again, not mad, Gabby. Just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. So with you, we'll see how the team bounces back. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, till next time, guys, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.